And I purposely got myself into a kind of upper division classes that were only like maybe 12 people in the class. And had they known in that class that I was not a Mormon, they'd have thrown me out. And yeah. I wanted at that point to get as behind the curtain as I possibly could to learn all of the different aspects. Hello and welcome to Candid, where we never settle for less than the truth. I'm your host, Jonathan Youssef. Each week, we'll tackle tough issues, answer your hard questions, and take a candid look at the Christian faith. If you've been enjoying the podcast, would you take a minute and log onto your favorite podcast platform, rate us, and leave us a review. It would be a tremendous help, and it allows others to find us easily. Leave us a review, and perhaps next episode, we will mention you on the show. The Mormon faith seems shrouded in mystery. Is it Christianity? Do we believe the same things about Jesus? If not, where do we differ? Join me as I sit down with Dave Hubbard for a deeper dive into the theological differences of Christianity and Mormonism. Dave grew up as a Christian in California, but was an All-American collegiate athlete at Brigham Young University. He went on to play in the NFL for the New Orleans Saints. And after the NFL, Dave went into full-time Christian ministry in the San Francisco Bay Area. Dave served as an associate pastor in California, Oregon, Colorado, and Georgia. He currently serves as small group ministry assistant and local ministry connections pastor at the Church of the Apostles in Atlanta. In this episode, Dave shares what it was like to be a devout Christian attending and playing football at a Mormon institution at BYU. During his time there, he did extensive study into the Mormon faith, and he shares his unique insight with us today. Now, on to our candid conversation. Well, today we have another repeat guest. We've had a few of these, and um, we're welcoming back Dave Hubbard. Dave came on a number of years ago and did a episode with us. You shared your testimony, surviving jumping out of an airplane, and uh, so I cannot recommend that uh, more highly to you all. And then we talked about fitness for the new year. And I think this was pre-COVID, wasn't it? This is yeah, probably 2019, yeah, lot. January yeah. 2019. So you're one of our early day guests. And uh, to now, we're now going to talk about Mormonism. Uh, we're going to do a slight shift from the previous topic, but um, something that you're very familiar with. Tell us about a little bit of your upbringing and then how you got made connections and inroads with Mormonism, the Mormon church, of course, playing football at BYU, but I'll let you fill in all those blanks for us as we walk along together. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Dave. Sure. Yeah, I grew up in uh, in Napa, California, and that before wi- uh, wine was the main industry. The grapes <laughs> right. were the, yeah, it was yeah. crazy. Uh, it was I farming? Yeah, it was walnuts and plums. Yeah, okay. uh, so in the summer of high school, we most of us picked walnuts. And anyway, all of that... Uh, Took off as to what it, you know it as today when I was in uh, in high school, mm-hmm. but grew up in a loving uh, family, five of us kids and uh, Christian family, and and we went to the um, Christian Missionary Alliance Church. We were th- thoroughly involved. We grew up on a small ranch, yeah. And every time the doors were open at the church, we were there, and it, it, it meaning that it really was our social life, yeah. you know, as well, and. Um, 
all of us kids knew that there was not money there for college. Right. And so if we wanted to go, you're going to have to figure something out, probably on the scholarship side of things. Okay. And uh, interestingly enough, we all ended up with uh, full or partial scholarships that got us through. Wow. It was either music or scholastic and uh, and athletic. sport. Yeah. Athletic. Yeah. yeah. In my case, it was athletic. And I had four different full rides, different colleges, actually in Nebraska, Arizona State, Oregon, and BYU. And won't go into the details as to why I chose BYU. Some of it, a lot of it had to do with kind of, I didn't really fully mature athletically until probably my sophomore year of college. Oh, so wow, I, didn't really? have, I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself. Okay. Same, it, like you're six foot seven. Seven. Yeah. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't have the weight that I needed at the okay. time. And that was going to have to come on. My brothers who were 10 years older than I was matured early right, athletically. Okay. Yeah. And I kind of floated along on their laurels, actually, as far right. as the coaches. I mean, I really believe that had I not had the same coaches they had, right. it would have been completely different. Mm. But with you know that being the case, they were like, I think sometimes the coaches were like, what are we going to do with Hubbard? And, I don't know. But don't cut him. You know, his brothers were great. <laughs> <laughs> it's in there. We just got to find him. Keep him. Something will happen. You know? <laughs> and so Lavelle Edwards, who was a, a really a, a great coach, he passed away a few years ago. It was like his second year, and so it was at the. If anyone knows college football, it was at the beginning of their run, uh, even up to when they won, eventually won the national championship, when they got a string of just court, phenomenal quarterbacks wow. coming through. So they chose a different uh, style offense. They ran a pro offense, right, which was uh, completely different than what most of the big col- successful colleges were doing. You know, right. the Michigans and Nebraskas and. Alabama's running game. They didn't throw the ball that much. Sure. And so for us, it was, you know, it was like an air raid. Right. And and teams didn't know how to handle that. Okay. So, yeah, all of a sudden I've got a scholarship to a Mormon school. And, you know, it was a big school. Even back then, right. this would be 1973. Okay. It was 35,000. Wow. Right. In the 70s. Right. In the 70s. And, um in Provo, Utah, what beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place, 4,500 yeah. feet right against the Wasatch Mountains, uh, four distinct seasons. I mean, really, really nice place mm. to uh, to live. And, you know, it was funny at the time, I didn't really get a lot of kind of flack from people going, what's up with that? Because at that time, people really didn't know what to do with the Mormons, sure. you know, as it related to knowing what they actually believe. Yeah. It was like, yeah, you know, they knew of the polygamy thing. Right. You know, but even that is like, it's like, well, there's a lot of polygamy in the Old Testament. You know, it just, there wasn't a lot there where people would definitively say, oh, that's a cult or that's, you know, this or sure. that's that. And yeah. so, and my, I didn't get anything close to that from my parents. And I think the reason was because they knew I was as grounded as yes. one could right. be. So right. they, they felt confident. And maybe even more so because a girlfriend was a Christian. At the time, you know, I thought about that because they're mm. it, it, the girls outnumber the guys three to one. Okay, and, and most of the women go there to find a husband, and they get married young and okay. you know have a lot of children. And, yeah, but I went in with my eyes open to say, mm. okay, I'm going to learn everything about what it is they believe, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, and I was thoroughly versed in scripture, and I mean was 
kind of a cocky Christian kid at that point. I mean, I, th- I, I always think if I w- had gone to a Christian school at that point, I'd probably been insufferable. <laughs> yeah, because I was on the quiz team. I was on the debate team. I was, you know, I, I, if you would ask me, I would have been the first drills. to tell you that, yeah. yes, I, I know. I know the Bible inside and out. Um, but now the true test would come. Okay. You know, because. Yeah. And what was difficult kind of with that is the more I learned as I went along, the more I came to understand, okay, we have serious problems here. Okay, scripturally, uh, with what they believe, their theology, their doctrine, as opposed to what's biblical. Right. But at the same time, I was among a people that were genuine. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. They're wonderful people, and they and very moral. Very moral. I yeah. mean, to the point of being legalistic in a number of things, but but very moral and really kind of almost a throwback. It's almost a little bit like the Amish. Yes. Or Quaker, you know, where it's kind of that. It has that feel to it. Yeah. 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 And I thought, so I was very comfortable there in that sense. I remember telling my brother, again, 10 years older, had gone to uh, Cal Berkeley in 1964 on yeah. a full football scholarship. Very different And I remember saying environment. To him, yeah. I said, Eddie, what do you, what do you think about BYU? And he's like, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? I would have killed to be at BYU. <laughs> yeah. I had Berkeley, every, I had every ism cult, you know. A religious crazy thing you can imagine coming yeah. my way. Yeah. You know, you have one one thing to figure yeah. out here. Yeah. You know? yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, and he was absolutely correct in that sense. And I'll make this distinction as well. Athletic, it was like being at two different schools. Sure. Athletically, it was no different than any other major college university sure. because uh, they were really, and I don't know that that's the case necessarily now, but it was then because they wanted to elevate themselves in the NCAA. And so they were recruiting. They didn't care whether someone was a Mormon or not in their recruiting. Right. And probably about 10% of the athletes were Mormon across all the sports. Sure. Yeah. And same thing with coaches. So mm-hmm. over the years, they've had a number of Christian coaches that sure. were there. My uh, offensive line coach, uh, Dave Craigthorpe, was was a Lutheran and Christian and, uh, you know, we had a great relationship, and, but academically completely different. Uh, yeah. Academically it was predominantly Mormon. So we had to take a religion class every semester okay. through your entire time there. And the first year had to be the book of Mormon. Right. So it's like, okay, let's get it out of the way. Here, <laughs> yeah. here, here we go. Yeah, not all the New Testament. Belt, we're on our way. Yeah, okay. yeah. The interesting thing about the book of Mormon is that based on where it came from, and who actually wrote it and how Joseph Smith got it. And there's, we don't have time here to get into all of that. It is actually supports the Trinity. And, you know, it's not it, it, theologically, right? it's not necessarily off base. Okay. Because the, and I believe, and I did, you know, tons of research over the years with this, that it was, it was actually written by a retired Presbyterian minister right. as a novel. Yes, he was yes, writing a yes, novel. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Joseph Smith Jr. was working at the printing press yes, where this was. He basically stole it, right? it, got a copy yeah. of it. And it became, you know, the genesis of what he put together with that. So, and it was this story about, you know, back when uh, the Tower of Babel took place, people's languages were, were scrambled. Mm-hmm. There was a group, okay, who, yeah. and you know, there's so many things that, you know, they devised to put together like a, a barge a raft and then they made it to the Americas, which, you know, and it says love like by compass. And he's like, well, wait a minute. You know, this is, I mean, there's things that, do, again, it's a novel. Sure. Okay. Yep. And 
then they come over and then there's the the Amalekites and the different Indian tribes and right. and it goes on to tell the story of, of all that and uh, but, it, but again theologically it doesn't get into you have to get in some of the other books Doctrine and Covenant Pearl of Great Price yeah. to really get more in depth into what they believe theologically that's controversial right that's and antithetical yeah. to to the word of god right but i was learning you know i was diving in and learning all that i could while i was there and it was coming pretty quickly that this is a real mess and we got some real problems yeah uh, and i i had my bible and i would going through and i was highlighting and i was you know marking and i was doing all this in part because my roommate was i went to high school with he was a year ahead of me was also there on a football scholarship and I met him in young life. So he was a Mormon. I had no idea he was a Mormon in high school and he was in young life. (laughs) Right. And now here he is. And he's a Mormon who was planning on going on a mission, you know, sometime during his four years in college. And so I was kind of building my case in order to confront him. Yeah. Right. Okay. And challenge him, you know, that this doesn't make sense. And eventually, when I landed on the big one, which is that they believe, core to their beliefs, is that every male, the goal of every male is to become a god, Hmm. a capital G god, that there are many, 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 many gods, Hmm. who are, and and each god is given their own planet. And so Father God, Elohim, they would say, Hmm. is the god of this planet Earth. And so then he, with his multiple wives, has spirit children who then inhabit this world. Mm. And then you have the process of, of all that needs to take place for that child to ultimately do what needs to be done to reach the celestial. Have they divide heaven into three different territories, okay. if okay. you will. Okay. Yeah. That, as you can imagine, presents, it's not just a little odd, a little different. Now we've got really, really serious problems, right? Because Massive. Satan's, <laughs> yeah. what was Satan's whole idea right was to become like god yeah 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 yeah. he's withholding something from you right yes yeah so at one point you know i i felt the timing was right and i I remember sitting on my bed and and uh, gary was sitting next to me and i i just laid it out for him i said i got serious problems with what it is you say you believe and and mormonism and as i was moving along i could see that his countenance was dropping and that he was not going to be able to kind of argue with me right. against that in support of what he believed in. Started to tear up a little bit. Then he kind of clenched his fist and you could see the the resolve in his face. And he said, look, Dave, he said, I, here's the deal. I was born a Mormon. My grandparents were Mormon. I will die a Mormon. Mm. And he eventually went on a mission and to this day is is, is a Mormon. Mm. So that whole family thing, much like in Islam, is very, very powerful. Yeah, heritage, um, right? Yeah. Carries heavy yeah. weight. Yeah. And the other piece to that, which makes it difficult too for them, is that, you know, Joseph Smith at the very beginning with his vision with the angel Moroni and all of what happened there, as he, as he tells it, is that he says, I went to these different denominational churches. Right. And something was disturbed within me, you know, and I couldn't feel good about any of them. And so supposedly he inquired of the Lord, what do I do? What do I do? And God then sends the vision and whatnot to tell him, well, 
all of them are apostate. They've all gone their own way, and none of them are correct. But I'm going to give you the golden tablets, which will be a new, you know, the the Church of Latter Day Saints. Yeah, I'm going to give you a, the New Deal, so to speak. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I mean, Mormonism is like one of the fastest growing religions. I mean, it's growing around the world. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners are aware, like, there's lots of documentaries on stories about Mormonism or people who are part of the Mormon church. You know, actually, a lot of the stories are really quite bad. There's murders. There's all Mount, these sorts Mount of things. Massacre. Yeah, yeah. And so then there's – so now that it's it's bringing some – inquiry into the faith. And I think the question that Christians are asking, as we've just been talking about here, is what are the big points of difference between them and us? You know, do we look at them and say, well, Mormons are Christians, but they just hold this different eschatological view? Or is it that, no, no, actually Mormons are, they're not even apostate because they've never held to the faith, but are they just a completely different sect and there's really nothing Christian about it? Yeah, and that's actually, I'm 68 years old, so I've run a long course going all the way back to when I was, you know, at BYU in, yeah. the, in the early 70s. And they've changed, they've chameleoned. That's been a big part of really their survival, if you will. Right. And I tell people, they kind of find it hard to believe now, but literally when I was a freshman in college, if I said to a Mormon, Are you a Christian? they would say, No, I'm a Mormon. Okay, there was that clear-cut distinction. Superiority of mm-hmm. one over the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, which actually would make sense if you yeah. go back to Joseph's story, right? Yeah. That all these other are apostates. Right, so why identify we started something completely yes. new. So you wouldn't right. identify with Christianity at that point. Right. But when I did seminars for years uh, trying to help Christians under, better understand Mormons, where they're coming from, how to witness to them, and so forth, I would start out the seminar by saying this. In a sense, Mormonism began— as radical as Jim Jones ended. And you say, wait a minute, you know, but, but, see, but Jim Jones in his beginning, yeah. really you would have, if, had you gone to a Jim Jones service or church would have not found a whole lot to disagree with. Right. And he became gradually, subtly more and more, uh, you know, apostate and more and more revolutionary as right. a cult. Right. In terms of all of the different things that he, he entered in to the point that you have eight, nine hundred people drinking the poisonous Kool Aid and yeah. dying in Guyana. Right. But the Mormons in their beginning, it was really crazy. That's why they were literally kicked out from of Palmyra, New York, from yeah. state to state, Illinois, all the way yeah. across the not yet formed United States. Right. They landed in Salt Lake City and called it Zion. Which was a territory of Mexico at the time. Right? Exa- yeah. Well, they felt, and rightfully so, that they now had their own country. Yeah. Okay. And so if you want to study, these were the Brigham Young years, but if you want to study kind of how, what they, if they didn't have any conflict, they wanted to live out ex- all that they believe, you study that time period. Yeah. And it's pretty radical. Right. It's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. And then what happened, and this, this I think, was kind of the beginning of a decision that they ultimately made that defined everything going forward. They were confronted by the forming United States to say, do you want to become a member of the union? Yeah. Uh, and they said, well, of course we do. At that point, realize right. what was happening and all that would surround them. Right. And that's when the United States said, well, then you got to drop polygamy. 
because that's not going to work. Right. Okay. And so then within two weeks, they had a revelation from God uh, yeah. that said, and the timing is amazing. Uh, yeah. On that. It said, you're, you're, yeah, it really was. It said, <laughs> no, nah, no more polygamy. But even that it was nuanced in the sense that it was, if, if God was kind of saying, you know, it is best, but obviously these humans can't handle it. And so you will need to change at that point. Then going forward, they realized that for them to accomplish all they want to accomplish, they needed to change their brand. Right. And they needed to change their marketing. And they needed to become like Christianity to the extent that people would, unless you really couldn't differentiate, unless you didn't go past a, a scratch and sniff you wouldn't know the difference. Sure. Okay. And they pulled that off and they, in large part, they pulled it off financially. They have, you know, the old, the old saying is that in any church, if all of the members tithe 10%, the church would have more money and they know what to do with it. Okay. That's right. But it doesn't happen that way. About 10% tithe, you know, and so, but the Mormon church enforces that tithe. Right. You don't have an option. Back then they would knock on the, knock on the door. And give you a receipt. Yeah. And you're going to pay your tithe. Well, so they, from the very get-go, have had more money than they know what to do with. Yeah. And uh, I remember back, there was, just to give you an example. So the first thing they started with there was something very disingenuous with language, with changing the definition of words. This is where it gets really subtle. Well, and it's a lot of what we face today with with, uh, sort of wokeism well, yeah, if you yeah, take yeah. The, so an example outside, if you take the word gay, right. okay, back Happy. in the day, yeah. it meant something completely yeah. different. And now if you confront a young person with the fact that it even used to mean that versus else. this, they look at you like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so they completely flipped on <laughs> right. its head right. the definition of that word. Right. All right. And same thing with marriage. Right. You know, uh, I remember when that happened with marriage and I'm going, no, 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 wait a minute. In fact, I, I had written a a blog article or something on that saying, God owns the trademark on that. <laughs> you know, right. it's, it's copyrighted. Right. Right. <laughs> you can't, I mean, I can't just take the Nike swoosh, right? Right. And do yeah. something different with it. Right. They'd have me in court immediately mm-hmm. and be sued. It's the same thing here. Right. God invented marriage, yeah. defined it exactly what it is. Created it, yeah. Yeah, and so this brings up, I think, an important point for every Christian is it has to do with why Scriptural study and in-depth scriptural study, mm. back to the original language yes. and all the rest, is so important. So important because yeah. words mean things, and you have to understand the exact meaning of that word. And that doesn't change. You can't just change it. No. So there was a famous Look magazine interview. They were on the Mormons were on the cover. The president of the church, Mormons were on the was on the cover of Look magazine. And I remember they asked three questions. I don't know if I get all three, but I definitely get two. Because uh, this this will show you how they would do it. Say, do you believe in the Trinity? And they just said yes. Okay, knowing that most people don't have a good definition of the no. Trinity to begin with, right? right? So it's like, okay, well, the, there, there's, there's the same. key word has been used. Therefore, it's been validated, right? Yes. Yeah. The second one is where you see how how they'll play it. Do you believe in the Virgin Birth? And so now the answer they was, believe in the we, impregnation we, of yes, Mary they, they by said, God. we yeah. believe in the, um, the mysterical, or we, we believe in the unique birth of Jesus Christ or something along those lines that 
you know, if you're just kind of casually listening, it seems to be the same sure, thing. Yeah, yeah. But in the reality, in this case, they believe that Father God Elohim came down and had sexual intercourse with Mary to where you get Jesus. Okay. Which is okay. So now we're, (laughs) we're way out of the ballpark. Uh, But yeah, that's kind of, so what they've done is they have, they've shape shifted basically Mm -hmm. tremendously from what is actually the beginning, their history, Joseph Smith, how the whole thing started, all of this, this other stuff to now, unless you get layers down, on the surface level, yeah. there wouldn't seem to be that much difference. Right. Well, and, you know, you brought up the polygamy issue. My understanding is that at that point, there was actually a split within the Latter-day Saint community. And then you had a branch off of the fundamentalist mm-hmm. Latter-day Saints, yeah. FLDS, mm-hmm. which I assume are still around today. They, they, they practice are. polygamy. Yes. And they're, and, you know. Yeah, they're a so smaller, we, more persecuted group. But yeah, right, no, and we look at them and say they are, they're nuts. These people seem to have gotten with the program. But yeah, no, the other change. Yeah, they, that split occurred when Brigham Young came in to replace Joseph Smith as the head of the church. Right. Because they, th- they thought it should be secession, you know, genetically from Joseph Smith Jr., Right, and so at that point they they split, and and but they kept like polygamy. They said no, no, we're, we're keeping that. They've held more true, right? And that's why they right. seem more radical. So people right. look at them and this say, is, "This is oh, not too different from Islam, radical. right?" Said, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's actually the beginning. Yeah, the, this group over here, the big huge group, they changed. Yeah, far, as far as their growth, I mean, I remember they put. It was, they had. I think this was maybe the eighties. And they had a five-page color, five-page color, full-color ad in Reader's Digest. Wow! On Mormonism. Wow! And when you read through that, it seemed like a brochure for another denomination of Christianity. Right. Okay. So that's where they started pouring money in and made a huge effort to kind of rebrand and become the same as, uh, so that it was hard to distinguish and hard to know the difference. And of course, then they're able to send missionaries all over the world on these two years. And so, yeah, they can, they, you know, in terms of evangelism, yeah. knocking on doors, uh, yep. willing, willing to college. And yeah, yeah. They always, this, <laughs> this is pretty funny. That I would look forward to them coming to my door. Because <laughs> yeah, the door we wish we hadn't knocked on. Yeah. Yeah. And it was funny because, and I was always very great. I mean, I, I have a great deal of empathy for them and the situation that they're in. The but it would go like this. I would very, very early, I'd say, oh, you know, I said, you know, I went to BYU. And they're like, no way. You know, they're, you can see them relax at this point. And I said, yeah, I, was, I, I played on the football team. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was All-American and I went to played and played professionally. Oh, my goodness. You know, so they're our heroes. They're, well, yeah, I'm, I'm all in. And yeah. then it's going to come to the question that they're going to ask, right, which is, what do you do now? I was like, I'm a pastor. And you'd see their countenance drop and they're like, okay, I think we're in big trouble. <laughs> you know? He's, he's can, got insider information. Go <laughs> That's right. I think we've been released right, from yeah, this. Yeah, this is, this is not good. So, so, all right. So tell me this. There's the Church of Latter-day Saints, the Mormon Church, ha- has made a real effort. They're trying to get rid of Mormon now, by the way. Oh, right. Okay. So it's just yes. LDS yeah, they're try- Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, because Jesus Christ is in there. Yes, the Church of okay. Jesus Christ and Latter-day Saints. Yeah. 
very deceptive. So they've made the effort from like a marketing perspective, right? So if any one of us were to have one of these people come to our house and we were to engage them in conversation, we, we wouldn't see a lot of points of difference. When is the point when some of the other strange, really clear, distinguishing uh, the things that would make us separate and break fellowship. When when does that sort of come in? I don't definitively. I don't know what the timeline would be for someone who just go, is now going, having been invited to a Mormon church, and when that kind of that indoctrination or the peeling off of the layers okay. uh, would would come. Um, but they're pretty crafty about it, and I mean, I can tell you when I was doing the sem- the seminars. In churches in California and the West Coast and and so on, on Mormonism, I ended up teaming up with a young man who um, he was Japanese. He grew up Mormon, mm-hmm. and he actually went AWOL on his mission overseas, meaning that he came to the realization yes. that this is not correct. Yeah, and he literally climbed out of the window of the apartment that he was at. And disappeared, managed to make his way back to the States. His, and this is oftentimes the case, his mom was a serious Mormon. His dad, what they call a Jack Mormon, who just, you know. He's along for the ride. I'm a Mormon along for the ride. Yeah. And so his dad was fairly gracious. His mom, not so much. This is called the Mormon dilemma. Okay. When a person gets to this point, and it, it makes sense and it's very dramatic because if you think about it, want to love God sure, and they want to do what's right in God's eyes and they want to ultimately be with God in, in his heaven. And they've been raised understanding that they have this unique truth and everyone else is apostate. So don't even think of going to another church, another denomination, Christian or otherwise. Yeah. This is the only one that's correct. And then if they get to the point where they see through and to understand how incorrect it is on so many levels, now they've got a real problem, okay? Mm-hmm. And many of them commit suicide mm-hmm. at that point. Because, mm-hmm. And so what happened to him, he was literally at a Denny's at 2 o'clock in the morning contemplating suicide. And a pastor who had been on a hospital visit stopped at the Denny's before going home just to kind of relax and think everything through. And he saw him sitting over there alone. They were the only two in the restaurant at that time as customers. And uh, he went over, introduced himself, sat down, began a conversation. And a year and a half later, he led him to Christ. Mm. So the seminars, it was great to have because we, I was coming from, you know, the outside in, he was coming from the inside out. Mm. But yeah, with him, he, I remember him telling me that part of the problem with him was they brought him along too quickly. He was very smart. I think high IQ. Okay. And so they kind of peeled back Rushed the layers yeah. a little bit too quickly. Interesting. And uh, without, time Mm. lapse of indoctrination and so forth. And he ended up waking up to the whole thing. So I don't know, but I know that if you go on their website, okay. And you look at the messaging and all the rest, you'd be hard pressed to find anything that is seemingly that much different from a Christian denomination. Yeah. And so in terms of actually their service, their services are a real throwback. If you were to go to Mormon church, it's like, it's like going to a, Baptist church service in the 1950s, you know, they're saying out of hymn books, everything's very basic and they don't have pastors. The elders will get up and someone will share a testimony. You know, it's just a real simple kind of service where they're not getting into a lot. Now they do, they, then they have their Sunday school type classes and that's where I think ultimately 
you know, everything is, is, uh, are they teaching from the Bible? They are. See, that's the other confusing yeah. thing is they have these three books they have the, the, and it goes just like this. They say, we believe in the Bible, uh, the book of Mormon, Doctrine and Covenants and the Pearl of Great Price. Mm-hmm. But with the Bible, there's like an asterisk that we believe as far as it is properly translated. So they give themselves the ability to translate any passage differently so that it it fits their beliefs as it relates to that particular thing. And and but yeah, they will. You could be there and they would it would be all, all Bible at yeah. that point. Yeah. So I took Old Testament my sophomore year, I took New Testament my junior year and my senior year because I felt like God had me there for maybe the reason of my helping the Christian church, especially in California at that time that was really struggling to understand Mormons. Yes. And I purposely got myself into a kind of upper division classes that were only like maybe 12 people in the class. And had they known in that class that I was not a Mormon, they'd have thrown me out. I wanted at that point to get as behind the curtain as I possibly could to learn all of the different aspects. You know, I think that, and I would start the seminar out this way is we would print up uh, uh, counterfeit dollar bills that subtly had, you know, like a picture of Mickey Mouse there and and for them to use as a bookmark, you know, for the syllabus, you know, through the seminar. But the point was, and I would say, I believe Mormonism is Satan's most masterful counterfeit. Hmm. The counterfeit you get as close as you put, you know, you don't do it with Donald like picture, picture on it in blue and yellow ink. You do everything you can to get it as close yeah. as you possibly can, but it's not transferable. Right. And so that's what you're dealing with. So you have so many, many people who are confused and mm. are, are sent off on a different course, mm. which is so, so sad. Mm. And I've been asked today, you know, what do you think it's possible for a Mormon to be a Christian? And I'd say, yes, but only in an instance where they come into the church they think it's Christian. Yeah. You know, They're they hear Bible. they hear the gospel yep. in terms of the just the basic gospel of Jesus died for your sins. Yes. But they don't know what they don't know yet. Right. And so they accept that. And yeah. that can be an actual conversion. Yes. Uh, but I, to what, you know, to what degree that happens, and I have no idea. Yeah. You talked about how the they would say the Bible and then put an asterisk with certain interpretations. You know, what are some of the verses in scripture that come to your mind that you you know that they would say well you have to change this one or this has to be reinterpreted yeah offhand i wouldn't be able to pull any i mean the biggest ones would be the triune god okay okay yeah so which you know although trinity you know the trinity is not in the bible Bible, when you get to the instances of father son holy spirit yeah and the Trinitarian doctrine that is definitely there in scripture, which led ultimately to the Trinity and sure, defining yeah. God yeah. in three persons. Creed, yeah. yeah. You know, they have to twist and change you know, to yeah. a different meaning as far as all of that is concerned. Yeah. Uh, with Jesus, I mean, they believe that, that Jesus was the spirit brother of Lucifer <laughs> actually. And then that quote, Jesus was once as we are now. And then, was able it's adoption. to adoption. Is it an adoption well, theory? As far as Jesus is concerned, no, the, no, hey, no, because it's the supernatural. Well, he attained God. My point is that he attained God. God yes. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but they're saying that in the sense that he's no different. He attained his Godhood. Okay. In the same way that, that you as a Mormon will. Right. Okay. So it's, it's achievement based. 
Yes. Which explains the, yes. the sort of works righteousness morality that we see, you know, if you were to drive through Utah and you'd think. Yeah, well, it's tricky, though, because yeah. they're really universalists. Right. In the sense of believing sure. that when Christ died on the cross, basically everyone gets saved at that point going forward. Okay. And so, and but this they, is where but, the layers of yes, heaven they have come three in. tiers to heaven. Okay, okay. And the middle tier is for good Christians, let's say, okay. who are not Mormons. Okay. And it, you know, and and they don't believe in hell because the, bo- the bottom they have tier, Lucifer, but they don't have hell. Yeah, yeah. The bottom tier is supposedly like a thousand times better than than anything we know here on Earth. <laughs> But it's hellish in the sense that you know there's two tiers above you. Oh, okay. So you, <laughs> this okay. is interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. so you're jealous. And, and so you're, yeah. Well, yeah. You realize you have to work. And here's the other thing. I mean, you can continue through all eternity to get your act together oh, okay. and to do what you need to get there. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, okay, well, I just don't want to do that right now. I've got, I'll do it I've got later. A long time. <laughs> it's the procrastinator's out. level. Yeah. yeah. And the bottom level is not. Hell, it's a lot thousand times better than what it is here now. So, and so then you get the middle heaven are for like the really good people, but they haven't done what they need to do yet as Mormons, right? To you know, and then of course the third, then I think the third, the celestial level is again divided into three, to where the top is is godhood. You reach godhood, capital G. You're giving your own planet, and so on. So yeah, and so that's why I say so when you say you know, salvation and heaven and all this. So everybody's saved, you know, you're, you're in you know, realistic yeah, sense right. with Jesus' death and so forth. But then they also believe that it covers sin, but not all sin. And so remember I said earlier that if you want to study a period to see where the, the, yeah, some of the more radical beliefs are, days. study that time when they had effectively left the United States of America as it's being formed and they're in their own Zion, their own country. They had what they call blood atonement. Hmm. And blood atonement was where you, depending on your your sin, they might cut off a finger, or they might. You know, there's, there had to be the shedding it's of like your own blood of Hammurabi or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's why I say it, it, it was. It's an amalgamation very, of a lot of different religions, really. And it, then it sounds like you know when they came to that point of of separation, it was like let's go with Christianity. Well, and that's the thing. You either believe, yeah, the first thing that I had to make a decision on was did he really see a vision? Because remember, yes. it could be Joseph a, Smith. Yes. Yeah. It could be a vision from Satan. Right. Well Angel and, of Light masquerading as an oh, angel of light. Well and and don't forget this is the story of Muhammad as well. Right. right. So he he sees a spirit and it's his wife Khadija who tells him I won't explain how she <laughs> helps him decipher that, but this is a good spirit. This is a spirit from God. When yeah. it very easily is, right, most certainly was a right. demonic spirit. Yeah, right. So, so I had to. So, starting there, it's like I had to decide. Okay, what was it? A demonic spirit, and did he actually see a vision? And some of that would make sense in that you know his mother was a was in the occult. Mm. Was really like a witch almost in in, okay. in in the occult, and his father was a treasure hunter. Okay, and you, you know there's a tendency with treasure hunter to say, well, that's kind of well, not really. It's, it's similar today. People buy the the metal detectors, sure. and you're you're trying to find those that you find artifacts or something that is worth a lot of money. Sure. So that's it was in more in that vein. So he would go on digs all the time, 
and he would discover things and he would collect and then he would sell those. Mm -hmm. Well, this made it very, very easy for his father and Joseph Smith to make things up (laughs) about what they found, right? As it fit into what he's developing here. Interesting. And so the decision I had to make was, was it actually a vision or did he make this up out of whole cloth in order to, for it to be the preamble for everything that he's developing? And I eventually decided it it was that there was no vision. He clearly, he was, he had a great imagination. He was a storyteller like his father Mm. had these artifacts and, and so forth. And this gets into layers and layers of other complication, but his dad was a Mason. Mm. And so there is a ton of what he stole from the Masonic Lodge and from Masonry in Mormonism. Right. The symbolism of all the different. I remember the first I would do a funeral as a pastor and I met and and it wasn't in that case because I wasn't doing uh, in this case a a Mason funeral. But I was singing actually in this case and I was behind kind of a louvered areas. I was singing at at this, this funeral Hmm. and looked out and it was a Mason funeral. And I remember as they went through, I think, Oh my goodness, this is Mormonism. This, I mean, the the, the symbolism, the different, you know, I remember the first time, you know, they wear a special underwear. Okay. We're all curious about that. All curious about that. Well, (laughs) I encountered that and had no idea what I was encountering as an athlete, right? In the locker room. And so I thought, I naively thought, because this is the first time I've, I've lived in a cold, State cold of the climate. Art, uh, yeah. So it's like, you know, winter now. And, and so I literally, I said, where do you get the, I'm assuming it must be some sort of The athletic thermal. department gives these yeah, out. It's a thermal, it's a thermal <laughs> to protect from the cold. And they're like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, don't go there. This is special. And it has patches. There's these symbolic patches. Two on your chest, one on, on the navel, and they have to wear them all the time. And you know, I'm like, oh my goodness! So it's just it's 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 layered with. All, and then of course the marriage in the temple, nobody know. You know, you that's a very very secretive kind of thing. Yeah. That of all of these things that happened in the that happened in the right. you know, and the baptism for the dead. See, that's all about. It's kind of almost a purgatory type thing where right. you can, as a Mormon, go back. That's why they're so into genealogy. You know, their gene. Yeah. What they've done yeah. with genealogy is remarkable. Yeah. Uh, most of your genealogy apps and and those kinds of things were that's all theirs because wow. they started with that. Oh my goodness! Way, way, way back, wow. and have done a really thorough job Traffic. of linking wow. up, you know, ancestry and all the rest. And the purpose for that is so that one of your jobs is to go back as far as you can yeah. and baptize that your ancestors hmm. into Mormonism. So that they can make it to the next level. Yeah, of that you help them out by moving them Just up a level. Not much different than what Martin Luther was dealing with. And That's correct. Yeah. St. Peter's yeah. Basilica. Greatest fundraiser yeah. of all time. <laughs> Save the dead. Why were we doing car washes as youth pastors? <laughs> when we could have done indulgences, I mean, really. Come on. <laughs> this is the shin bone of oh. Peter and uh, <clears throat> genius. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely genius. So. What are some of the stories that you were coming across as you're traveling through the West Coast? Were you coming across people that had come out of it? Obviously, the young man, the Japanese young man who's come out of it. Um, did you feel like that work was sort of just a preemptive? These people are going to be knocking on your door. I'm trying to equip you with the answers. What did that sort of ministry, how, how did all that kind of take shape? 
Yeah, it, again, I felt I needed to choose in this case, too. Do, do you want me to be a missionary to Mormons? Right. Or do you want me to, and knowing that I was going to go into the, ultimately into the ministry, I thought, well, no, I think I can be better serve the Christian community by helping, because they were flooding into California. At yeah, time, yeah, yeah. And people didn't know what to do with them. And it's like helping Christians know what they believe and how to effectively you know, minister to them. So I'm, I hope that all of that made a difference and mm. was successful. Mm. Mm. And, you know, the biggest thing, because that comes up a lot too, is what are your recommendations? How do you witness to them? Or, I think two things. I think one is to genuinely show them that, no, 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 I am, I'm well acquainted with all of scripture. I know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Mm. And there's not layers of whatever, yeah. I mean, and, and all that is his, I inherit and that salvation isn't something that I just get when I die. It happens immediately yeah. when I'm given that heart yeah. transplant, you know, removes the heart stone, gives me a heart flesh and, mm. and, and we become one. And, you know, all in sharing all of those scriptures mm. that shows the foundation mm. of this incredible confidence we have that they do not have. They do no. not know. No, they don't know. They're on a works trip. Uh, mm. That it, when I would put a slide up and I show that the Church of Jesus Christ, and I would I would put the Church of Joseph Smith of ladder L A D D E R. Yeah, because you're climbing up show the ladder. This yeah. is exactly what it is. You are you have got to get up this ladder rung by rung yeah. by doing and accomplishing all of these things, and then you don't know exactly where that's going to put you in this hierarchy of heavens right. and whatever. Now I say they didn't believe in hell. They do, they. If you ask, well, okay, what do you do with Jeffrey Dahmer? Yeah, or Judas. Yeah, they say, well, he's a son of perdition, and he will—he's destroyed. Okay. So he's a he's okay. a annihilation, annihilation kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Which is, you know, the sad thing of all this is that the gospel is that the ladder actually came down, but a man came down on it. Yes. Exactly <laughs> the Son right. of God Himself, yeah. fully God, fully man. Yeah, and I think the other thing is is asking that question which is such a great question when you're, when you're witnessing is if you're standing before God and he says, why should I let you into my heaven? Hmm. How yeah, are you answering that question? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And for them, they can't just say, well, because I believe in Jesus. Or, no. It, it's got to be all They're, of these. Other yeah. Things. The confidence is in themselves. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, this is, uh, I hopefully in an eye opening podcast for many. I know there's there's so much ambiguity and unknown. Again, there's a lot of documentaries and, and information out there about Mormonism. And um, are there any books that you recommend people read or? Yeah, mine are probably, uh, you know, older going, going way, way back. Um, but no, there's a lot. If you, you find a good Christian apologist, and he will have written or can refer you yeah. to a good book on uh, Mormonism that will. And what you want is something that's comparative, you know, that goes through Scripture. Yeah. It will show you this, right. this, and no, that doesn't make sense. And definitely show you of the words, and you know, you can't change yeah. that word, and you can't. Yeah, and shows you the counterfeit yeah. aspect of it. Well, e even if this just serves for people who are looking for some clarity on what the difference point of differences are. Yeah. Um, but you know, even with that said, yeah, this, this is fascinating in, in the. In the banking industry, mm -hmm. okay, China, their methodology is different than us in the States. Mm -hmm. And theirs is they don't even get into showing or talking about the different methods of counterfeiting. Mm -hmm. They just make sure they're so completely thorough 
mm. in making sure that all you of know, those in genuine. the banking industry know what the real thing looks like. Right. So much so yeah. that you can recognize a difference yeah. when someone has has tried to change something. Yeah. And that's a great message for Christians. Yeah. Yeah. Know, yeah. It's you not, don't, you not don't necessarily need to right. you know, read about the outside. Just make sure that you are thoroughly word. acquainted. Yeah. With, with scripture and are yeah. getting teaching from those that, that, mm. that know the truth about scripture. Which is a good point on discipleship because discipleship yeah. will be, you brought yourself under as a learner under Christ, under some headship in the church. And those people are teaching you and informing you on what the truth is, how it's conveyed, how we understand it, how we interpret it. And then you're right. When a counterfeit comes into the camp, everyone in the camp says, this is a counterfeit because... Right. We know what the truth is. And that was happening from the time of Christ's resurrection going forward, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah. as they were writing scripture, yeah. a lot of the councils and all these other things were saying, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. And we know what the genuine article yes. is. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You it. can't do that. You can't go there. You can't yeah. change the definition of that. You yeah. can't. Yeah. 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 Well, these are these are helpful things to be thinking about as we seek to grow in knowledge and wisdom and grow into Christ Jesus. And um, so, Dave Hubbard, we're so grateful to take a few minutes out of your day and and come and and talk to us about these things. And uh, we pray the Lord's blessings on you and your ministries. Thank you. Candid is a podcast from Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Don't forget to connect with our social media pages on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And subscribe to Candid Conversations on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. While there, please leave a review. It does help people to find us. As always, thank you for listening to and sharing this episode.